A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online so any small business can drive change or build an empire. We need a new generation of thinking. Your way of thinking. Start different at GoDaddy.com. The one question that Kunal and I have in mind after Suzuka. It's not whether Lewis Hamilton can win the 2016 World Drivers' Championship or not, which I'm sure he still can, but it's whether Lewis still backs Max's tap-in on his aggressive moves or not. <laughs> We finally had a Hamilton versus Verstappen battle on track, and uh, that was the highlight of Suzuka for me at least. And uh, actually, I wasn't too surprised to see Verstappen finish ahead of Hamilton. Yes, it was a hard but a very fair move on track. And we've seen Verstappen pull these moves off despite a lot of criticism otherwise. By the way, uh, the FIA actually had a chat with Max and told him that they're watching him. Okay, but I really wonder who are they watching in Formula One this season if not for Max Verstappen. <laughs> Everyone's watching Max Verstappen. So I read this on Twitter, I found it hilarious. Max Verstappen pulled a Max Verstappen on Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> I, I really like how Verstappen is also now used as a verb. You know, like we use Google as a verb these days. Oh, Maldonado. <laughs> <laughs> so, by the way, Max Verstappen is now equal on points with Sebastian Vettel in the Drivers' Championship. Wow. wow. Which now means that baby Vettel is actually the Vettel. Though I'm not sure how Max Verstappen won yet another Driver of the Day award. Kunal, the only good thing about the Driver of the Day result is that it's final. <laughs> you know, whether there is a protest or not. <laughs> Talking of the late post-race protest, I guess things are just all over the place in the Lewis Hamilton camp at the moment. And we all know that Hamilton had a bad weekend in Suzuka on many counts. And it was on and off the track. So we had the Snapchat episode. Uh, he walked out on the media session. And then there was this protest on Verstappen followed by a deleted tweet. And I wonder if this is all a part of the pressure of trying to win his third consecutive driver's championship. Uh, maybe it's about accepting reality and he's probably unable to do so. Let's remember, Hamilton has rarely been beaten by a teammate and let alone being beaten by Rosberg, who we all know and probably Lewis knows as well, isn't as highly rated as his previous teammates. Does this really add to more bother for Lewis? I'm not sure. That's really interesting, Kunal. And, you know, on Lewis Hamilton's Snapchat moment, I really hope that he's being paid by Snapchat. <laughs> Bernie Ecclestone would be so upset if his sports world champion was actually giving free worldwide publicity to a social media app. That to social media, the one type of media that Bernie absolutely desists. <laughs> but what if a journalist had behaved in the exact same way that Lewis Hamilton did? You know, I'm just queuing back to Juan Pablo Montoya. And you remember he had this really funny... A press conference interview in Australia in 2004 with a journalist. <laughs> and it was hilarious. One, one, one wins the one Formula One championship. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't too impressed, of course, and he walked out. Yes, but 
But had a journalist behaved in a not-so-journalistic way with Lewis Hamilton, he would have never got a second round of interview again. That's for sure. Which means that you and I need to be very sure when we are interviewing Hamilton for the Inside Line Formula One podcast. (laughs) But to be honest, the journalists were just doing their jobs. You know, they were bringing home to thousands of fans, maybe millions of fans in Lewis's case, what their favorite Formula One hero thought after his qualifying session and there is nothing wrong to that and talking about a psychological point of view why would Lewis want to add more pressure to himself you know especially something so unwanted and at this moment he needs everyone to support his fight back for the world drivers championship not to be pissed with him either way had Lewis gotten pole he would have absolutely dominated the race Because he would have had the non-damp patch at the start. (laughs) The unlucky uh, 0.013 seconds or 82 centimeters on track. Can you imagine? 82 centimeters. Like we've said before. So it's only going to get tougher. But this is exactly where the tough get going. And had there been any other rival, Rosberg would have believed that the title was his. But such is Lewis Hamilton's reputation. Let's really hope... He's able to further shake up the title fight. He clawed back 34 points over three races. And that was just earlier this year. And this time he's only got to claw back 33. (laughs) So he's been there and done this before. We've actually got a fight on our hands. Lewis needs to win all the remaining races to be world champion. And you know what? He actually can. Oh yes, he's in a Mercedes car and we know what that car can do, especially with Lewis's talent. Nikki Lauda said that Hamilton can catch Rosberg only in unusual circumstances. But hey, this season has been far from usual. <laughs> <laughs> Even if Hamilton wins the remaining four races and Rosberg finishes only second, the title is Rosberg's. That will be the harsh reality. However, if Hamilton does win the remaining four races, his total tally of race wins this season would be 10, as opposed to Rosberg's 9. And I'm already predicting that that would make everyone wonder, is Nico Rosberg a worthy champion? (laughs) That one question that can decide the fate of our podcast as well. (laughs) So if we take into account... Uh, Rosberg's performances in, say, Singapore or in Japan, where he actually topped every single session on track, I think he's been a worthy champion. But at the same time, when you look back at races like Austria, or maybe even those overtaking moves at Silverstone, you would have that doubt in your mind. But history is on Rosberg's side. Uh, You know, eight wins or more, and let's remember, Rosberg has nine. No one has lost a world championship ever. And also, funnily enough, the winner in Japan in the last four years has gone on to win that year's Drivers' Championship. The only thing that I'd wish for, apart from the best man winning the fight, would be at least one Hamilton versus Rosberg clean wheel-to-wheel battle on track before the championship is decided. You know, uh, usually Rosberg ends up with bodywork damage when this happens. <laughs> Either way, this is exactly how it's going to work. Emotions aside, there is a mathematical number that will crown this year's world champion and you and I better respect that. We've spoken a lot about Nico Rosberg's fear of missing out. 
seven out of the nine races he's won this season, they were all his first ever wins at that circuit. I think he deserves an applause. Woo! In Suzuka, though, it was as though Lewis Hamilton was racing wearing Nico Rosberg's helmet. <laughs> Rosberg had such a flawless performance. Though, actually, to be fair, Lewis Hamilton was racing using uh, Nico Rosberg's side of the pit lane from last year. <laughs> so, I wonder if an engine or a clutch will eventually play a part in deciding this year's championship. And we all know how Mercedes has been struggling with their starts. At this moment, it's Lewis struggling more than Nico. However, one thing that Mercedes has already changed to help their drivers with their starts is their gloves. I mean, in a world of Formula 1, which is so technologically advanced. The one thing that they thought of changing first were the gloves. It's amazing. <laughs> well, the good news is that no one will be missing a race start this season, for sure. <laughs> but we owe a big thank you and a big congratulations to Mercedes. So they've dominated, of course, but not as heavily as the past few seasons, because they've had only four 1-2 finishes this season. And compared to the number in 2015, where they had 12 1-2 finishes. But you know, Kunal, at the same time, they've only lost two races this season. So it really depends, you know, how one sees the stats. But let's clap for Mercedes. Congratulations for winning the World Constructors Championship yet again. But I'm going to stick to that fact of just four one, two finishes this season. And you know why this is even more important? Because if Rosberg has to win his maiden title, he needs to finish second to Hamilton winning. Okay, which means that finishing second is also that much more difficult this season. It is a big deal. Yes. And uh, Mercedes's domination, however, has also been so strong that despite bad starts and penalties, their drivers have managed to fight back onto the podium without much of a fight, basically. And by the way, in other news, Mercedes is now considering Formula E2. And I'm wondering if this is another series they really want to dominate as well. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure they would, you know, given that there are so many car manufacturers there. And I also think Mercedes probably think that they've had a little too much of Formula 1 already, you know. And just the way Alonso is considering other series because he cannot win in Formula 1, uh, is Mercedes considering Formula E because they've won too much in Formula 1. I'm eager to see whether Red Bull Racing and Ferrari follow Mercedes to Formula E. Well, even if they do or don't, Sauber, who currently cannot afford Formula 1 operations, is considering or has already considered Formula E as well. Well, I hear that they're going to use the 2016 engine in 2017. That is the state of Sauber. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think in Formula E, they've been using the same engines as 2014. You know, maybe that's why. <laughs> <laughs> but I really wonder, you know, in the years to come, will Formula 1 get irrelevant to the world of motorsport? You know, given how there is this whole race to run cars with alternative fuels, you know, or uh, maybe Formula 1 itself could turn all electric and then Formula E won't have anywhere to go at that time. But uh, at this moment, like I said, there are more manufacturers in Formula E than in Formula 1. And 
I think this pace is going to spice up a little in the time to come. Though I will always go with Nikki Lauda's view. Formula E is not motorsport. <laughs> <laughs> but before we wrap up the Mercedes conversation, let's remember the pressure is equal on both the drivers. For Hamilton to win everything and for Rosberg to ensure that he finishes at least second. And at this moment, I think the pressure could actually be a little more on Rosberg because he's got more to lose. It is his maiden Formula 1 title after all. So let's remember that though Rosberg has got history on his side, it is merely statistical. The one team that does not have a lot going for them, statistically or otherwise this season, <laughs> Ferrari. So they had a questionable tyre strategy and that saw them lose a podium yet again. You know, this sounds like so much deja vu. <laughs> uh, also, I wonder if the Vettel-Ferrari relationship is on the rock. So leading into Japan, Maurizio Oriva Ben said that Sebastian Vettel will need to earn his seat for 2018. And is this the baby Schumacher dream coming to an end? I don't know, but maybe these are early cracks that we are seeing in their relationship. That just sounds so sad. But you know, I think the Ferrari just has bad luck. And so does Sebastian Vettel. So in Suzuka, his parade car at the driver's parade, it broke down. (laughs) But you know, I should clarify to our listeners that this was also a Ferrari and not like a Honda or something. (laughs) I guess this is the curse of the number two in Ferrari. (laughs) Number two indeed for the last many months because Kimi Raikkonen, very surprisingly speaking, has outscored Sebastian Vettel. Yay! (laughs) Finally! (laughs) And like former Ferrari engineer Luca Baldessori said that Ferrari looks like a bunch of scared people and not a team. I really wonder if Sergio Perez... Roman Grosjean and the other drivers are still chasing the Ferrari dream though. And, uh, you know, guys, you'll be in a scarlet car, yes. But what's the point if it ain't on the top step of the podium? Well, the other iconic team that struggled and struggled in Suzuka, you know, probably struggled more than any other team. It was McLaren. On Honda's home circuit, they finished 16th and 18th. Ouch. And in fact, Jensen Button said that this is also his home circuit at some point. (laughs) And they blamed the layout to be negative for their car, whatever that means. I think McLaren's performance was more noteworthy off track than on it. So Fernando Alonso served Jensen Button some sushi. And uh, Jensen Button post-race actually wore a button mask on the train ride back. And... I'm keen to know in some ways if Jensen Button also met up with Jessica Michibata. (laughs) Fernando Alonso has made the maximum number of overtakes on lap one this year. Probably because, you know, of all the penalties he's been starting right (laughs) at the back. He managed to overtake no one in Suzuka on the first lap. You know, that's how bad their performance was. And this is after McLaren Honda have been, you know, they've had a pretty good last few races. They've been scoring points. I really hope that this was a one-off. By the way, Fernando Alonso confessed that he heard radio messages of the other drivers and did not find them to be as funny as his. 
GP2 engine. <laughs> I just hope that Honda also <laughs> finds it funny, you know. It's been a year since his GP2 engine rant. <laughs> I'm sure they were keeping their fingers crossed, you know, through the race. Fernando, <laughs> please don't say anything. <laughs> but you know, Fernando Alonso, we are going to get you on the Inside Line F1 podcast soon. Yes, that is a prediction and we're pretty damn good at those. <laughs> Off to my favorite topic, Force India versus Williams. I thought your favorite topic was why Carlos Sainz is awesome. <laughs> but okay. <laughs> By the way, Nico Rosberg thinks Carlos Sainz is as awesome as Max Verstappen. And let's let's come back to that later. I see this this uh, team forming, you know, Lewis and Verstappen on one side and Rosberg and Sainz on the other. <laughs> anyway. I am still not sure of Lewis Hamilton backs Max Verstappen's <laughs> moves on track. But coming back... Force India has scored in 13 races out of 17 this season. And the best Williams has done in 13 races out of 17 is win the fastest pit stop of the race. And I don't even know how meaningful that is. There are strong rumours linking the other Nico, Nico Hulkenberg, to Renault. And this is after Perez was linked and finally decided to stay on at Force India. So at first when I read about this, I thought it was probably foolish of Nico Hulkenberg to even consider something like this. But, you know, when you dig inside the facts and dig inside what it could be, it maybe isn't. So, you know, Nico Hulkenberg could take the risk and move to Renault, I'm not sure. So in 2016, Force India is on the pace uh, more than Renault and more than any other car on the grid. Without a doubt. But will they be so in 2017 as well? So there is a higher chance that McLaren will finally climb up to the front of the midfield or go better. Which already means that you cannot beat McLaren next year or you may not beat McLaren next year. Uh, And I would also put Williams in the same context as well. Uh, As for Renault, they could well be a sleeping giant, you know. So for Nico Hulkenberg, it is all about hedging his bets. And it's also about the more money and probably more stability that he'll get at Renault. Kunal, by money, I'm sure you mean money on time. (laughs) (laughs) So if I was Nico Hulkenberg, I would probably take up the Renault opportunity. I mean, I know what is it to be at Force India. Probably fourth or fifth or sixth in the Constructors' Championship next year. I'm not sure. Uh, And if I keep doing the same thing and expect a different result, I am being a little foolish. And this is to do with life in general as well. So a multi-year contract with Renault could mean a longer life in Formula 1 as well. Because at Force India, you know, they of course, he's been there for a while now, but he's been renewing every other year. And that's a bit of a smart thinking needed out there, I think. I really hope Nico Hulkenberg is listening to our podcast to hear all the amazing advice that you've been giving him. If Nico Hulkenberg does move to Renault, Force India could have the opportunity to promote some Mercedes-backed talent like Verline or even Ocon. You know, we will have a very interesting move on our hands and we will keep track of how it progresses. A quick look at some of the other interesting news in the paddock. So 25 Formula 1 Grand Prix in the coming few seasons. There's a rumour, and we love that (laughs) rumour, and we hope that it becomes a fact. (laughs) I think we should have Formula 1 cars racing for all 52 weekends of the year. (laughs) I agree. I think bring on the racing. (laughs) 
Why leave out the weekdays, Kunal? <laughs> okay, that's a little too much. We'll be doing a podcast every single evening and I do not have the bandwidth for that. <laughs> it feels like we do that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Formula 1 could very well run two parallel championships and two parallel teams and four cars and just get the cars racing all the time. And I think there are enough and more drivers out there, you know, ones who get paid and ones who are willing to pay and go racing. I just wonder what the teams and a certain Mr. Ecclestone thinks of your thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> and a certain Mr. Chase too now, come to think of it. So some even more noble thoughts from the GP3 organizers. So next season onwards, they're actually going to have DRS on their cars. Can you believe it, Kunal? DRS Shucks. on their cars. They are surely getting their drivers ready for Formula 1. Well, instead of removing that wretched device from all forms of motorsport, we are actually adding it back to Junior Formula. And whatever happened about classical overtaking, I mean, why can't we just rely on absolute wheel-to-wheel racing, you know, rather than get this device which promotes artificial overtaking anyway? Because the FI does not promote wheel-to-wheel racing, <laughs> especially if you're Nico Rosberg. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's a testing fiasco in the paddock and the teams are split on where to test in 2017. The only thought that I have on this piece of news is how Red Bull is trying to see who's going to foot their testing bill. Will it be Mercedes or now they are saying even Pirelli? (laughs) Unfortunately, they don't even have a paid driver (laughs) to push the bill on to. (laughs) Pastor Maldonado, where are you? And uh, this testing fiasco, of course, is showing a very clear power battle in the paddock. And funnily speaking, and I hear that Bernie Ecclestone was keen on Bahrain. But when he heard that even Mercedes was keen on Bahrain, he changed his toys to Barcelona. (laughs) Oh, God. And amid all of this, Ricciardo is probably thinking of his Movember style <laughs> and possibly his next shoey. Such amazing priorities. All of this while Massa is fuming his first ever career reprimand that he picked up in Suzuka. The absolutely wrong fear of missing out Felipe. <laughs> Well, he claims that he will be in the paddock in 2017 too. And I'm actually glad that we get to see him around still. He claims that, you know, he'll be a presenter or an expert or something. <laughs> we'll figure that out. Which also means that we'll see Felipe Jr. in the paddock, which is a... Which is That's a, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Although, could Massa go back to Ferrari? Could he go back to being their ambassador? Could he even probably go back and join their pit wall? I mean, they, they need someone to sort their tire strategies oh, out. Oh, hell, they need some <laughs> desperate strategy help. And Formula One is not new to reunions. Maybe Philippe, back to Ferrari, could be the perfect one. And uh, Danny Kivat, he's on a high. He's rumoured to getting a two-year extension with Red Bull Racing. Or actually, I mean Toro Rosso. Either way, it'll be good to see the young Russian around because if you remember, he was the only driver who I can remember last who had put up a fight against Max Verstappen. I'm just wondering if both these years of Danny Kivat will be with Toro Rosso. He's almost never going back to Red Bull Racing. Ouch. I think that's for sure. So we'll just have to wait and watch how this pans out. Maybe Putin is putting pressure. I wouldn't be surprised if he is, actually. Or, you know, using his friendship with Bernie for favours. <laughs> <laughs> Who never know. 
we'll know for sure if Red Bull, the drink, is banned in Russia anytime soon. You know, they'll be like, hey, we were right all along. <laughs> the Grand Prix of Europe will be renamed to the Grand Prix of Azerbaijan. Wow. And we knew that they had their geography wrong all this time, but hey, they didn't listen to us. <laughs> Talk about mass migration altogether. (laughs) (laughs) I know that's a touchy topic, but uh, on that note, I didn't know that Kimi Raikkonen had migrated to beer from vodka. So he's re-signed with Singha. And it seems that 2016 is an auspicious season for him and his contracts. At least this is a sponsor he'd be happy to work with. (laughs) (laughs) And on the point of contracts, so... Kevin Magnussen's father, who's also a former Formula 1 driver, Jan Magnussen. So he wonders if his son will have a contract come Jan. This sounds like that one Pablo Montoya question. (laughs) And finally, towards the end of this episode, the best joke of the week in Formula 1. So, Formula 1 ran a live car-to-TV radio interview after Rosberg's pole lap in Japan. Although I wonder if this was to debut in Malaysia, to be honest. Imagine Hamilton winning and then this technology of car to television radio being debuted with the reigning world champion. Which makes me wonder, did Hamilton's blown engine mean that Formula 1 decided to defer this introduction till Japan? (laughs) Malaysia's loss is Japan's gain, for sure. Actually, Lewis's loss is also Nico's gain, now that I think about it. But we'd love to hear Raikkonen and Alonso more regularly on the radio. We've been asking again and again, what channel should we subscribe to? (laughs) We're ready here. Though actually, you know, Kunal, if Alonso and Raikkonen have their own channel, I think people might stop listening to us. Oops. (laughs) (laughs) On that very note, thank you very much for tuning in. We've been a couple of days late after Suzuka, but we promise you we'll be on time next week. For the United States Grand Prix. Progressive presents The Sounds of the Old World. The year is 2019 and someone is waiting for a table at a restaurant. Thompson, party of four. Thompson, party of four. Thompson, party... Oh, there you are. This has been The Sounds of the Old World. Brought to you by Progressive, where drivers can still switch and save like it's 2019. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.